LMT is a lens by which you assess all economic understanding. The street is full of corruption. It is baked in to every aspect of our society. 1900s, Lenin was predicting global finance capital would do all the things it's doing today. This is written over 100 years ago. All right, folks, it is Steve, the Rogue Scholar. Folks, I think of this kind of like talk radio. And like that guy sandwiched in at the midnight hour when all the important stuff of the day is talked about. And then they say, ah, let's give Grumbine an hour. I think of this as kind of like talk radio. It's not really like, uh, you know, like I always have to have the most profound thing to say. Although I think I have some pretty profound things to say, given the topics and given the uh, engagement that you see in the real world. I like to believe that I'm talking about stuff that matters, even if it seems a little offbeat, because I think the stuff that's on beat is typically missing the target. It's not on point at all. And, um, you know, I, I was thinking about this just yesterday. As a matter of fact, a friend of mine came to me in my inbox telling me that I needed to be buddies with this guy on Facebook. <laughs> and um, all of a sudden I got a tag on a post in Facebook basically saying they want to draft AOC for president. And the idea here was that we're going to make socialism mainstream. Now, that, to some degree, that's very, very noble idea to make socialism mainstream. Um, but as I read through, I just realized it's like, do people listen to what I say when I talk on these things? I mean, all joking aside, you know, I, I imagine I'm not maybe the most brilliant or the most uh, eloquent or whatever, but I wonder if people actually listen to what I'm saying when I talk on these things, right? Because I would never go along with advocating for AOC for president or anything like that. And it's, it's, it's less to do honestly with AOC and more to do with what I see as what we're fighting for, right? Because I'm not really thinking about electoral politics on this channel and the work that I do. But we were talking because we recently became sponsors of a Medicare for all kind of, um, I don't know what the right word for it is, but it's like a Medicare for all panel. And we're going to be involved in, I think as the green party and others. And when I listen to people talking, not only about who they want for president and typically the establishment types, but even when I look at like friends that are fighting for Medicare for all and, and so forth, it, it's, it's almost like, How do I say this? You don't need to convince the converted that we need Medicare for all. You don't need to convince them. They already know this. They're already aware. The people that aren't aware or are hearing it from other people that maybe don't share a desire for this is that their problems have nothing to do with whether or not people need healthcare. That's nobody's bitching about that. The things they're belly aching about, the things they're concerned with and their legit concerns because you got to have an answer to to make the legitimate concern go away. 
And I, I look at these folks that are advocating for Medicare for all and the like, and they're always coming out with the bleeding heart approach to, you know, to, to healthcare. And the people that are already moved by the bleeding heart approach to this, they're already on board. Yeah, you ain't got to talk past the close. You already got them. So the issue becomes, who is it that you need to understand? Who, who needs to understand this stuff, right? And think about the people that are standing in the way of a Green New Deal, standing in the way of Medicare for all, standing in the way of all these different things. And then you've got to customize what you're fighting with and what you're fighting for and what you're explaining to overcome their objections, not the people that are already on team Medicare for all. They already know people's medical bills are through the roof. They already know medical debt is a killer. They already know that it sucks that anyone should go without being able to take care of their health care. What even people that are sympathetic to this cause, but are still against it, say. They're worried about their taxes going up. They're worried about long lines and long waits to getting service. Each of these things can be addressed. And each of them is the right story to be talking about at this age at what? 2023, summer of 2023. On the other side of 2023 being that we're now in the seventh month of the 12 month cycle. You would think at this point, we would know that the vast majority of people that already want Medicare for all, know Medicare for all, why they want Medicare for all, know why they want a universal health system, know why they want a single payer system, know why they want health care as a right. They already know. You don't need to have 40 panel after panel after panel of people saying the stuff, pandering to the people that already know. You don't need that. What you need are answers for the people that have legitimate grievances and legitimate concerns that need to actually be addressed. Now, folks, just because they may be against it doesn't mean that they would always be against it. And just because they're against it doesn't mean that they're your enemy. And just because you think they might be your enemy doesn't make their concerns any less legitimate. And we'll talk about this. So we always talk about macro here, macroeconomics. We talk about this stuff ad nauseum. I want to give you a little teeny bit of an insight onto this macroeconomic thing. All of our framing, the stuff that we talk about here, comes through that modern monetary lens, comes through a modern monetary theory lens, and we understand it inherently. We know it because that's what we do here. But we know the vast majority of people do not know it. Not only do we know that the vast majority of people not, don't know it, but we know that the vast majority of new uh, politicos running for office don't know it either. We also know fundamentally that the vast majority of normies that would vote for these bills don't know it. Okay. We also know that the vast majority of our favorite talking heads don't know it. And we know that the education system doesn't teach it. And we know that the university system doesn't teach it. 
And we know more fundamentally that the structure of this Congressional Budget Office, the Fed, all these different groups, they purposely ignore it. Why? Because they are the defenders of what we call the orthodoxy, a.k.a. the standard of the day. They are the ones that tell you what is real and what is not real, even though they're wrong, even though they're lying, even though their belief system murders people. They are the ones that hold the keys to getting peer-reviewed papers. They're the ones that hold the keys to key appointments in universities. They're the ones that hold the keys to getting your peer-reviewed journals published in these very, very important document uh, journals that allow them to have the credibility and the stature to be able to go and make bold statements in public, okay? And because that orthodoxy holds them back, there is a huge need for new academics and new people trained up in the industry to do this. But in a recent conversation I had with Michael Hudson, Michael told me point blank. He goes, unfortunately, the only people getting hired in the economics field are people that tow the orthodox line. Or if you get an economics degree, you're a blogger or a vlogger or you're... <laughs> You're doing something that has nothing to do with your field. You're making zero impact because they're not letting you make any impact. And the worst thing is, and this is maybe the hardest thing for me, right? I keep hoping that by screaming and yelling and flaming that people will say, oh, my God, there's something going on here. I better pay attention because it worked for a lot of people for a lot of years. And I have the inboxes to prove it. I know the people that listen to what I'm saying, and it stuck. Okay, I know most people, unfortunately, what I say doesn't stick and they just feel it's their job to say, fuck you, Grumbine. That said, we are up against different forces than the ones that we craft our messages for. Okay, so when you think about fighting for Medicare for all and people say, I'm worried that all of a sudden I'm going to have six month wait for emergency surgeries, or I'm worried that there won't be enough liver transplants or enough hearts for, for transplants, or I'm worried that there's not enough, whatever. There's something they're scared won't be enough of. Okay. It's a legitimate concern. Why is that? Well, if you paid attention to any of the MMT stuff we talk about, you know, money is the least important factor here. You know, the most important factor here is real resources. So every one of these kinds of questions needs to be addressed. How are you getting more doctors? How are you getting enough nurses? How are you getting enough general practitioners to see all the people that need to be seen? How are you doing that? All these are real conversations that need to be had. And I guarantee you the vast majority of folks don't have an answer to those questions. They don't have an answer to those questions. And so what do they do? Just like the Julian Assange gang does, they isolate on the focus of the one thing that they want to talk about and they ignore the rest. Okay. This is a problem, right? Because if you're selling Medicare for all and all you're doing is preaching to the converted, if all you're doing is having candlelight vigils with your friends and you're not talking to the people that are not on board with candlelight vigils, and are not on board with the idea of, oh, well, everybody deserves health care. It may be a true statement. It is a true statement. 
that doesn't move the needle one iota with people that are already you know that are already have a predilection against doing any of this stuff so you've got to address their concerns no matter how fucked up they are and this is part of the problem with things like trans issues that the trans community and the advocates Instead of talking to people, it doesn't matter how fucked up these people are because they are the ones standing in the way. They're the ones passing laws against these things. You've got to address their concerns no matter how much bullshit they are. Because to move the needle, it's not the converted you need to convert. It's those that are not converted that you need to convert. So going back to healthcare, I always say, well, are there enough doctors? Are there enough nurses? Are there enough phlebotomists? Are there enough gurneys? Are there oh, blah, 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 right? So you've got to be able to say, listen, we need to have a an rider bill or an attachment bill or some sort of bill that focuses squarely on preparing the runway to ensure that we have the real resources available for everyone to go get helped. And so phase one of a Medicare for all might be that we roll out infrastructure, that we create incentives to get doctors going to school, that we create the necessary space and create the funding to ensure that we have those necessary real resources. Because I want you to understand something. Just in the United States alone, there are 350 million of us here, give or take. 350 million people in this country. And if all of them needed a liver transplant tomorrow, there wouldn't be enough of them, clearly. If everybody needed X, Y, Z, there wouldn't be enough unless we prepared, unless we got ahead of the curve and started doing some real honest-to-God planning. And so you have to talk about that because it's legitimate. If I pass Medicare for All right here, right now, and say, Every doctor across the land must accept Medicare for all or lose their right to practice medicine. Be very coercive. I could see a lot of people protesting that. You can't force me to give service, blah, blah, blah. And there'd be the holy rollers on top saying, you can't make me, that's force, whatever. Okay. But the reality is, is that as long as you have a country, a nation, a state, and you have laws, and as long as those laws are coming up from the proletariat, not from on high, the people have spoken at some level. It isn't perfect. None of this shit's perfect. Okay. But you have to address the real resource constraint before you say, we're going to make healthcare a right. People already think government can't do anything right. Why? Because we have been watching people, friends included, constantly demanding we reduce the deficit, constantly demanding that we cut spending. So if you want to talk about Medicare for all, and you're going at it with the loopy kind of, everybody deserves health care, ding. Oh, that's, that's adorable. That's adorable. I could almost see one of the people from the Ayn Rand Society patting you on the head and saying, good luck with that. Because in their mind, they don't want to have to fucking be forced to do anything. They don't give a shit. 
And so that's who you're trying to convince. You're also trying to convince people that are fence sitters that need to know that they're on the side of the winning team, that they're going to be able to put their energy towards something that wins. That's it. And so they're going to sit on the fence and wax, but well, I can see your point. And yeah, you know, but reality is that the average person comes to your house and I, I have this visual of them with a, a dress or a skirt down to their ankles with one of the little fluffy collars up to their neck, hiding all the skin, coming in with a bun pulled up real tight, a little, little linen hat over top of the head, coming and telling you, just vote for AOC. And they have this smile, this look of plastic. They're not even real human beings. They're like, vote for AOC. And they got their wide eyes. And, Vote for her. Vote for her. You have no idea. You, you can't have that conversation about, did you know Bruce Spiva, who was the DNC lawyer, fought successfully in federal court that they don't have any responsibility to run a primary, much less direct your donations toward the candidate you voted for? Do you know that? And if you say that to them, like, ah, ah. Um, uh, yeah, but what do you want, Trump? <laughs> it's like this weird Stepford Wives, this weird Stepford Wives kind of approach to things. This kind of weird Pleasantville kind of thing. It, 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 they cannot process that the information that they're peddling isn't satisfying and then they get angry and then they resort to stupid comments like what do you want trump but we're going to be partnering with groups to do a medicare for all symposium and they've got somebody on there from calcare calcare folks state by state heartbroken mortified but you know what? Because there are still people out there that are squishy, that didn't take the time to learn and have big platforms. And I could list a bunch of your favorite friends that were too dumb. Some of my best friends, even. Too uneducated to understand the problem with the state-by-state -state approach. It's got nothing to do with not wanting people to have health care. It's got everything to do with wanting them to and knowing full well how the macroeconomics works. But they can't be bothered with that. They're almost as bad as a vote blue no matter who that runs out there, vote for Summer, vote for Pedro. And I think to myself, in order to make real change, you've got to address the people that don't agree with you and not just isolate and shackle yourself up around people that do agree with you. You've got to expand that or nothing will change. And I kept thinking to myself, you know, here I am talking about labor. I'm talking about material conditions. I'm talking about dialectical materialism. I'm talking about class analysis. 
I'm talking about capital, but not just like we got to end capitalism. Okay, great. Yeah. When you say we got to end capitalism, what does that mean? When you say something like we've got to abolish the police, what does that mean? When you say we've got to do, what does that mean? And when you have somebody who's angry and raging and doesn't understand any better and comes flying back at you, you've got to have an answer for the hope that lies within, but you can't just keep going back to the same ones that work for your, your friends in the converted club. You need to understand that the average person you're dealing with doesn't believe this shit's possible. Maybe it's not. And that's part of the thing you've got to recognize. You've got to recognize that this system, you have very little agency. So when people are skeptical, you've got to understand. I mean, think about this. MMT is good to know because it helps radicalize people once they realize what the possibilities are. But it's not something that's just going to work in Congress and somehow or another change the world. Why? Well, because... Number one, they don't know it in office. Number two, the whole entire system is wired as such to ignore it. Number three, the people that are there to actually enforce rules and laws don't understand it. There's not nearly enough economists or trained people that understand this stuff anywhere. And then you've got to understand capital and you've got to understand its control over our government. And if you can understand all that, and still come back to me and tell me to vote for AOC or something like that. Whew, okay. Wow. We have to know fundamentally what we're up against, who we're up against, and who we're trying to convert. And we can't use the same argument we used previously with the converted, with the people that are holding out for a different reason. You've got to know what the reason they're holding out for is. And you know what? Think about this. Most people are not trained in trans issues. They're just not. Most people don't have a clue about trans issues. Most people don't have a clue what CRT is. Most people don't understand any of that stuff. And as a result of that, I see a call for a, we need a, here, let me read this to you. One of our comments here in the comment section. And this is, this is one that I want to stress. We need a wildcat general strike. But what will we ask for? And what do we all agree to? And what do you think a wildcat strike would do? If, if you've got the people that are on the strike line that are fighting, and they still believe all the wrong things. What did your general strike get you? What did it get you for real? This is, we have people that are ready to just take to the streets all the time. They say, yeah, we got a fist in the air and the land of hypocrisy is take to the streets. But when you're taking to the streets and you're hanging out with people, what exactly is it that they're fighting for? You ever think about that? I'm telling you right now, the vast majority of people are not in any way, shape, or form fighting for what you think they're fighting for. 
All it takes is five minutes in a room to talk to people and you realize fundamentally they really believe in the system, even though they say they don't. You see all these alt media groups out there saying Dem exit, Dem exit. And the second that RFK started running for the primary under the Democratic Party, suddenly they forgot they were dumb exiting. Do you remember that? Do you see that? People are all over the place, man. They don't have fucking five minutes of a same thought. They can't stay focused on something for more than five minutes. They're bouncing around like a ping pong ball at a lottery. I mean, they're not focused at all, and they're not strategic. And I'm not sure everybody ever will be. In fact, I'm sure most of the people are going to stay locked in their little boxes of friendlies where everybody knows their little language. You know, as I talk about growing into socialism, and I start becoming deeper in my understanding of socialist uh, concepts and ideas. I realize the vast majority of people that have a hammer and sickle or a, some socialist meme that they're throwing around don't have a fucking clue what socialism is, and that breaks my heart. It's it's almost like a cool T-shirt. You know, the Che Guevara T-shirt. They have no idea what Che did or or the history of Cuba or any of the resistance that went on. I'm watching people still, every time you talk about socialism or communism, talk about, well, you know, Stalin and Mao killed 100 million people. I mean, we have been so propagandized that the only way to unpropagandize people is to literally meet them at the point of question, the thing they're asking. That's why a lot of the commentary I do may seem duplicative, but I come through it by, honestly, by people inboxing me with all kinds of crazy stuff. You wouldn't believe the things people ask me behind the scenes. You know? And the idea that every single one of these groups thinks that economics is the last thing, the least important thing to talk about, is mind-blowing to me. It's absolutely mind-blowing because the average person cares about, can I make my bills this month? Can I make my mortgage payment? Can I make my rent? Can I eat? Okay. Am I going to lose everything? Yes, duplicative. Yes, I'm repetitive. Uh, saying the same thing over and over again. When you think about the fact that I have to repeat many of these messages because I have to say them differently. I have to come at it from a different angle. Why? Dialectical perspectives, having an analysis, understanding that even though that's the correct answer, there's different ways of getting there and viewing it. And each one of those different paths to that answer have different blockers, different stumbling blocks, different um, views, if you will, of how they're seeing what you're saying. And it's very, very tough because you're always constantly trying to find a new way of saying it to reach them, to, to hit them where it counts, you know? And uh, yeah, here you go. I mean, and I, wanna, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but I think this is important right here. 
you know, if I can't find a job, a 90 K plus job ASAP, I will lose everything. I lived that reality. I lived it several times and I'm terrified. Okay. I'm terrified as a result of being terrified. I know other people are terrified. I'm sure too. And so it's very hard for them to imagine like right now, I gotta be honest with you. Every time I hear somebody talk about politics, Every time I hear somebody talk about elections, I get really grossed out and upset. I do. I just get sick in my stomach. We have got so much educating to do. And the problem is, is there's nowhere near enough. And the people that are thinking that they need to educate people too are educating people in the wrong way, especially when it comes to economics. I mean, there are really large platforms out there that are preaching a whole slew of insane things. A huge amount of insane things coming out of those platforms. Like the demise of the dollar, not understanding how the dollar got to be where it is. So there's so, all the issues we've got to face are so broad and so vast that people end up saying, well, I don't need to know all that stuff. Let me just focus on this little thing here. And unfortunately, that little thing stops and starts right there. For example, if you're focused on Julian Assange, wouldn't it be better to focus on all whistleblowers? I know Julian Assange is behind bars, but many whistleblowers are being persecuted to this day. Many whistleblowers are staying silent right now because nobody's fighting for whistleblowers. I think to myself, what are we going to do to get these messages out to people so that they can actually have their mind changed so we can actually build momentum and build consensus. Right now, imagine if everybody that believes in Medicare for all thinks that you've got to raise taxes to pay for Medicare for all. In fact, I think it's uh, doctors or physicians for a national health payer are busy telling people we need to pay for Medicare for all with a progressive tax. I've told you this countless times. I've played the videos countless times. I've explained it countless times, but I have to explain it not to the people out there, but to people actually advocating for Medicare for all because they won't think about it. They don't think it's important. They don't want to know the economics of the very plan they're trying to put forward. They're busy telling you platitudes about how, well, in this system, they went ahead and did it this way. And here's how we could provide service this way. They're not focused on getting past the people that don't agree, that don't understand, that are already sympathetic, but are literally going to say no, that are not going to get energized or juiced because they don't understand. Anyway, long story short, and it's going to stay short today because I've got to get back to the office. When we stay so narrow and we don't realize that everything we're doing touches something else, if we don't think about planning so that we can prepare, like I said, resources for Medicare for all, okay? If we don't think about those things, the converted are already converted. The people you need to convert aren't. They aren't. They're never going to be converted. Not that way anyway. 
So you got to address the tax issue. You got to address the pay for it. You got to address the long wait times. You got to address how you're going to do those things. And without politicians that understand it, they're just going to keep saying the same shit again. And it's going to be like climbing a greased pole, pushing a huge boulder up a hill. It's going to be like Sisyphus day in and day out. So the focus has to change. You have to focus instead on the sweet spot that you like so much. Everybody deserves health care. Nobody should have their health bills piling up. Now, you know, all these great things. But again, the people that were going to be sold on that, they're already sold on it. You've got to address the real concerns. And they almost always are economic. They're almost always, who's going to pay for that? Look at all the assholes right now that were convinced that relieving student debt was going to cost the taxpayers trillions of dollars. The fear. And the other part was, well, what about mine? I paid mine. I'm responsible. I was in the eye doctor shop the other day trying to get my new glasses because my dogs chewed up my lens. And as I went to do it, this woman was like, oh, I, I listened to some of your podcasts. They're great. You know, she says, you know, the only problem I worry about is people becoming dependent on the government. They, they, they get everything that they want and they don't feel the need to go to work. And I'm like, what are you, the fucking slave master? You get some perk out of everybody working for you to do this stuff. And, and it just sort of baffled me that in her mind, the idea was that we were creating a nation that was dependent on the government. So you've got to address where they're at. Healthcare as a human right, it's an important point, but to whom? People that already agree with that? Because the people that don't agree with that are never going to agree with that. That's not their concern. So unless you want to just shoehorn your concern and to make it their concern, okay. I think people have been saying that forever and I haven't seen it move the needle at all. I haven't seen it budge the needle. In fact, I've seen us lose ground using these kind of feelings-based arguments. I've literally seen us lose ground going out there leading with these shoulds. It should, it should be, it should be. Because the people that are fighting you, aren't worried about whether it should be a human right. They're literally sitting there saying point blank. I don't want my taxes going up. I don't want to pay for your fucking abortion. I don't want to pay for your fucking liver transplant. I don't want to pay for your fucking penis enlargement pills or your, your conversion therapy or your transitioning or anything else. I just don't want to pay for any of it. These are the things that are the other people, the people that you are trying to convince that aren't already on board. Their concerns are different than your concerns. I agree. Healthcare is a human right. I don't have Medicare for all right now for some reason. I said it though, and I agree with you, but it didn't change, didn't budge the needle. Didn't budge the needle at all. But healthcare is a human right. I've said it. Do I get my prize? Do I get my door prize? No, you get nothing and like it. That's the problem. Same exact kind of bleeding heart liberal strategies that have been used forever have produced zilcho results. 
less than Zolcho. In fact, fascism is rising faster than ever because we refuse and we fail to address the economics. As long as someone believes that they're paying for you to get your health care, as long as someone believes they're paying for you to get your student debt taken care of, as long as someone believes that their hard-earned tax dollars are paying for you to go to college, as long as they believe their hard-earned tax dollars are paying for your Section Ace housing, as long as they believe whatever, that is where the fight is. Believing that health care is a human right if you explain to people the way that the finance system works and you get them past the idea that they have to pay for someone else, that's what they're focused on. And if you've never been a Republican or you've never been a right winger, God love you. If you've never experienced the scourge of libertarianism, you wouldn't know this stuff. You'd be focused on your framing from your left wing vantage point. And that's great because I share your vantage point. But what I don't do is share your making that the way you sell the program. It's not the right way. And people that go out there and lead these things and all these different talks and all these different group settings, et cetera, they're missing the point. Because they fundamentally believe in private property and private property to them is their hard-earned tax dollar and they don't want to fund your bad decisions as they see it. That's the problem. I didn't make the rules. But I know how right-wingers think. I know how conservative Democrats think. And I know that the bulk of them don't give a rat's patootie about something being a human right. They care about their hard-earned money going to pay for your bad decisions and literally nothing else. If they never had to hear about your issues of wanting to transition from man to woman, they would be thrilled. They don't want to fucking hear it. But guess what? The minute you say something that sounds like you're going to take their hard-earned tax dollar, and foist that on them, now you got their attention. See, a lot of these ideas, a lot of these ideas come from the belief that they are paying for the government to exist, that they're sending their hard-earned tax dollars to Israel. Think about how many good lefties object to their hard-earned tax dollar going to Israel. Think about how many good lefties think that their hard-earned tax dollars are sending aid to Ukraine to, 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 to help the Nazis, the Azov Battalion, the 900-member Azov Battalion. I mean, they got the fucking serial numbers down. They remember every fucking insignia on their jacket, but they can't tell you how economics works. And so instead of ever understanding this, they focus on the petrodollar and stupid shit like that. So alas, when you try and sell healthcare as a right, you're preaching to the converted. You're not preaching to those you're trying to convert. The way they're going to be converted is that you tell them you're going to have faster point of service. It's not going to cost you anything. In fact, we'll give you a tax cut. But alas, your politicians, 
they're going to be selling tax increases. Your standard, regular Jane and Joe media is going to be selling tax increases. All of the different groups out there representing doctors and nurses are going to be selling you tax increases. And it's not going to work out for anyone. And we're all going to lose because of it. It's been this way forever, folks. That's where the term tax and spend liberal came from. The whole concept of your tax dollar paying for these things wrapped up in a nice little read my lips, no new taxes. Cost him the presidency, didn't it? Read my lips, no new taxes. But this is all predicated on private property anyway. So the entire system we're talking about here is riding over private property. And whenever you have private property, that means private ownership. And private ownership means private decision-making. Private decision-making means putting profit ahead of you, putting profit ahead of any of the things you need or want. And until we have the conversations redirected away from as a right, mind you, I am all about citizen benefits. Fuck, I'm all about human rights. But I'm already on team. You don't have to convince me. What you have to convince me is why I should partner up with people that are advocating for state-by-state solutions when that's economically illiterate. Or why I should work with people that want to raise taxes to pay for programs when that's exactly the opposite of the truth. Why I'd want to partner with people that are fucking asking for raising interest rates to stave off inflation. Why would I want to do that? They're wrong. But you've got to have an answer for what is right. And unfortunately, people think in these little narrow boxes. And they don't realize all the externalities that focus on the thing that they think they're fighting for. And a lot of times, they're actually creating negative energy against the very thing that they're fighting for. Because they're using messaging that is strictly for the converted. And they're not using the messaging for the not yet converted. That's it. That's it. Fundamentally, that's it. You've got to meet people where they are. And if your goal is to win these changes, these structural societal changes, I can't say it enough, but I'll say it one last time. It's good to have the converted because you need them engaged. You need them having the right messaging. And when they go on a panel or when they do a media show, that they say the correct things. That they don't just sit there and talk about, well, yeah, we all should have health care. We really should. Yeah, okay. You need to be able to have answers. And you need to direct them to people that have more answers later. And not just sit there and be from alt media, but be from real progressives or be from wherever you're from and lead people back to where they belong so that they can learn. 
The idea here is not to prevent them from hearing this important stuff, but to bring it to them and convince them and help them see it and then help bring them into the fold. And that's not happening. A lot of convenient single-issue pockets of affinity groups that wax poetic amongst each other and never break out of the cocoon. They never bring new folks in, and they never ever create the case for the questions the people outside have about the issues they're bringing up. And that, my friends, is the story of the day. That's where I'm ending it. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. It's not a very enjoyable subject, to be perfectly honest with you, because it's always an uncomfortable one because everybody wants to see, you know, things in the way that they like to say them. They like to do things in the way that they like to do. I like doing it this way. I like doing it that way. But if, unfortunately, if you're not helping reach the masses and you're just dealing with that one person, you better have a hope or answer for that one person at least. If that one person, it's pushing back because of taxes. You should know how to answer that question. If they're worried about inflation, you should be able to answer that question. If they're worried about their hard-earned tax dollars, you should be able to answer that question. If they're worried about where you're going to get the resource, where you're going to get the doctors, what about the waiting lists? You better have an answer for that question because that is what is standing in the way of a mass movement pushing for this. We already know Capital doesn't want it, period. And they will do anything and everything to stop it from happening. So we need to overcome the capitalist messaging and understand it's going to be solely focused on tax dollars. It's going to be fundamentally focused on, oh, you're dependent on the government. It's going to be focused on a whole host of things that aren't in the lefty sweet sack of tools. You're going to have to focus on the right wing for a minute. You're going to have to focus on the people that are conservative and how you can message that to them. And those who are fellow travelers who are absolutely recalcitrant and stuck and being single issue minded and not understanding that when it all comes back, if you build the pyramid, you've got to be able to have an understanding of how you're going to bring it to be. And that could be both political and that could also be economic. And if you don't have the base, the core at the bottom down, then any kind of rock in the road is going to cause your bike to wreck and crash. Any kind of pothole is going to cause a catastrophic car accident. You need to focus your attention on overcoming objections. Go to sales class. Figure out how people sell fucking shitty products and services to you constantly. And remember, they're overcoming objections. They're also, they're, part A is getting you to believe this is important. Well, the people that believe it's important priority believe it. So you got to focus on the people that don't believe it's important and help them understand so that they're not fighting tooth and nail to block their taxes going up to pay for this thing that they probably would be for but aren't for because some chucklehead said, hey, we're going to pay for it with a progressive uh, tax. That's the deal. That's how I, that's the deal. That's it right there. So anyway, I'm Steve Grumbine. I'm the real progressive. I am also the rogue scholar. And with that, I'm out of here, folks. 
If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to support our efforts, please take a moment to subscribe and check out our other work on the Real Progress in Action YouTube channel and visit our sister organization's website at realprogressives.org. 